podcast is brought to you with the support of Caseload from DeNovo Business Intelligence. Hi and welcome back to the Hay Legal Podcast. Coming up in this episode we have Sam Moore back on the show, the Innovation Manager at Burnless Paul and Scotland's first accredited legal technologist. Sam discusses the tools and thinking required to take your law firm into the world of remote working. Sam outlines why communication tools are important currently, such as Skype for business, Microsoft Teams, hosting client-facing webinars, the use of e-signatures, remote onboarding of clients using Amicus, document review, and issues around confidentiality when working from home, and the advantages of cloud technology for law firms in the new reality. Sam is in conversation with Ali Thompson, his fellow tutor at the University of Glasgow, where they both teach the LLB Diploma course on legal innovation and technology, the first course to be taught entirely online at the GU Law School. Let's hear the show. Sam, thanks so much for joining us. Hi Ali, it's always good to chat, good to be back on. Um, it would be really helpful uh, if you could give our listeners um, some tips and insight into how we make the transition to the new reality of working remotely as a law firm. Yeah, so it's been an interesting journey for the last few weeks. Uh, I think there are a lot of lawyers and a lot of law firms who are kind of taking their first steps now towards agile working and some have been doing it to some degree up till now, but now find themselves kind of going both feet in um, I mean, for, for Burness Paul, where, where I'm the innovation manager, we've been sort of transitioning to agile working for a while now. So before this crisis came up, I was working from home roughly half the time, uh, and that was becoming increasingly common. Um, so in many respects, we've been quite fortunate in that a lot of the systems that you really need to work remotely effectively, we already had to one degree or another. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to speak a bit about some of the things that we put in place previous to now that are now really paying for themselves, and also some thoughts about anything else that we maybe want to to add to kind of reflect, as you say, the new reality. I mean, I think when this whole situation calms down, I don't think we're all going to en masse go back to working the way we did a month ago. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think this is a temporary situation? We're all going to go back to our old ways? Or do you no, I mean, this is maybe a, a step change. Yeah, I do think, Sam, clearly, yes, that um, what we're now seeing is going to become the, the new normal, that people are going to be certainly having a plan in place for not being able to be in physical offices and to be able to work efficiently uh, remotely and to build these practices into the, the DNA of their processes. Um, I think one of the big issues for people is, though, is knowing just where to start to put together a plan to do so. Um, right now everything's having to be done in the moment really uh, because of the emergency situation that we're in but um, yeah, having a plan and, and I think working in this fashion is going to be absolutely crucial Yep, I completely agree also think that sort of reacting in the moment is not most lawyers' comfort zone that's not no. where we tend to thrive no. um, so I think there's, there's a lot of people I've been really impressed with so many colleagues who are really taking to this reality uh, yeah so Sam are you able to perhaps guide us through the first things that a law firm could do 
uh, do you remember the beast from the east? We had that massive yes uh, impacts of bad weather. Yeah, so I, at that point, a significant chunk of our, our workforce weren't able to come to the office for that reason. So we had sort of a dry run, I think, back then in terms of, okay, what works, what doesn't work so well, where's more training required. And I, I think that's really important for things like um, our adoption of Skype. So we are a, a Skype for business environment. We haven't moved to Microsoft Teams at this point. I know that's kind of the new thing everyone's doing now is to go into Teams um, but we're still using Skype for Business. But having that integrated with single sign-on on all of our, our systems has made it extremely easy for teams to instant message each other or get together quickly into the Skype conversations. It's been hugely helpful. Um, and people have really taken to that immediately. So I think one of the first things that teams that are moving to remote working need is, is communications. They have to have something in place that allows their teams to check in with each other, uh, to kind of have quick conversations uh, maybe to set up meeting rooms that are sort of like the water cooler. They're sort of like a space where you can then go and speak to your colleagues. You're not feeling too isolated and you're not having to constantly email back and forth um, the same way that you would have just gone to their desk in normal times. Uh, so I think that's the first thing the team should be thinking about is communications. Is how can you keep your people speaking to each other um, as well as speaking to clients as well? Just make sure that everyone's still talking and everyone's still uh, feeling there is some semblance of normal work getting done. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that, that's first. I've been we've been seeing obviously people seeing it too on Twitter. There's a lot of people who are using things like Skype or Zoom or WebEx or GoToMeeting for the first time. Um, and we've we've had a few client facing webinars as well using things like um, like WebEx, which I think we maybe haven't done before. We've attended plenty of them that way certainly, but hosting that's been kind of new to us. Um, yeah, I think that's been really really positive too. I think the client response to that has been really good. Uh, I think clients are seeing this as as actually really helpful, and it's something they're probably used to seeing from other sectors. Uh, and it's really good that that legal's kind of catching up there. So it's hardly groundbreaking stuff to have a WebEx for a seminar, but for some some lawyers, it may be their first time. So it's been really good to to kind of all be in this together. Yeah, there's no, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of this functionality has been available, but just not been used. Yep, definitely. And some of the other things we've been working on just now are, are things like e-signatures. So again, uh, e-signatures are not new. They've been around a very long time. They've been part of UK and Scottish law for a very long time. Uh, and we, we at the firm had been using it up till now for HR purposes. So for the last year or so, any new employee that comes to the firm, their onboarding is done entirely via DocuSign. Uh, but we weren't really using it for much more than that. So we're kind of keeping an eye on it. We were waiting for uh, some guidance from the Law Society of Scotland on e-signatures. Uh, the English guidance came out, I think, last month. And the Scottish guidance is almost done. Uh, there's a draft version available for, for review, but it's not been fully published yet. And um, We were kind of waiting for that to be clarified in terms of things like self-proofing status and that sort of thing and registration requirements, the the books of counsel and session. We've got some, some peculiarities about Scotland law to think about there. Um, but notwithstanding the fact that that's not quite finished yet, the number of inquiries that we're now seeing from clients about using e-signatures in general has just absolutely skyrocketed. Yeah, And that makes perfect sense. So I think up until now, there's been some presumptions made from lawyers about how comfortable clients are going to be with e-signatures. And I think what we're seeing in the current situation is that some of those presumptions actually aren't true. Uh, clients are more comfortable than we thought they would be with this. Um, that is partly about necessity, of course. They'd rather the deal got done in this way than not at all. 
Um, but it makes it positive. I think we've been defaulting to the safest, most secure way of doing things, even when perhaps it was overkill for the particular agreement. So you know, a simple signature under um, a platform like DocuSign or Adobe or LegallySign um, may be completely appropriate for the use case in question. And I'm, I'm glad to see that we're now having those conversations. Yeah. I think clients are just becoming used to these types of things in everyday life and really moving into a legal environment doesn't mean to say they don't trust the, the, the technology to, to do it for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to be, uh, we have to be looking at things from an, an output-oriented mindset. We need to be understanding what is the client actually trying to achieve and yeah. how do we help them to do that. Uh, I think too often legal can be seen as kind of a blocker in some situations about saying you can't do that and being a bit opaque sometimes as to yeah. why not. Um, I think the current emergency is really helping that mindset come around to, no, no, our job here is to enable things, is to help yeah. clients get to what they're trying to achieve as safely as possible in the circumstances. Yeah, very much so. Um, we talked about, on uh, before our call, we talked about the onboarding of clients and you referenced Amicus. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. So one of the challenges many firms will be having right now is if you are getting new business coming in, hopefully you still are, uh, how do you handle anti-money laundering and know your client checks in a way that doesn't involve coming into the office and sort of doing those checks in person? Um, and again, timing-wise, quite fortunate. Bernice Paul started working with Amicus only a few months ago uh, just to kind of digitize that client onboarding process. Um, so now it's really not necessary for that face-to-face -face interaction to be happening in order to sort of get, get the checks done. They have to get done. It's, it's much quicker it's much more convenient and it's, it's enabling us to be able to say to clients, okay, you can't come into the office right now for this, but here's this entirely online process yeah. that's quick and painless and it enables us to kind of get going faster. And I think it's not the kind of thing you can do in a hurry. Um, so it's not the sort of thing where if you are a high street firm right now on lockdown, it's going to be a big ask to suddenly switch to an entirely digital AML KYC process. But for the firms that have made that change, they are now reaping those rewards. That modernization, while the sun was shining, as it were, um, is really paying off now. Yeah. Yeah, well, ironically, I actually was involved with Amicus training at the start of the week. Um, so uh, it, it does strike me as being um, crucial going forward uh, in this new environment to uh, allow clients to be onboarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, because behind all the um, all the emergencies and all the crises, our obligations still apply. We still have to discharge our duties to do yeah. this correctly. Um, and I, I don't see any justification for taking shortcuts right now. It's, it's not that kind of a situation. We should still be doing it as rigorously as we should. And, and tools such as Amicus make that a lot more viable uh, when you're all working remotely. And I feel like... Um, as well as promoting agile working, that kind of thing. If you are an entirely digital firm, which there's not many of, but they're starting to happen now, then you also need digital tools to discharge the same obligations. So uh, I dare say the current situation is definitely good for business or people in that space. Yeah. Yep. So what other areas could you give some guidance on that would assist our listeners? I think document review is something that people are having to change how they do. Uh, the vast majority of, of 
lawyers, especially in commercial teams, they spend a lot of their time marking up documents. Um, and although we are a very kind of modern uh, digital firm, I do still meet a lot of colleagues who still prefer the hard copy approach. They prefer to print something out, take a red pen and mark up as they go. And then usually they hand their notes to, to a team member to work on or possibly scan them back. Um, and that's just not really possible right now. If you think there's several reasons why not. I mean, first of all, many people don't have a printer at home anymore. I don't. And I haven't yeah. had for years. So there's a practical issue there. There's also a security issue as well. It's one thing having stacks of client papers in your office that's locked every day. It's, it's a different thing to have them at home and people need to be careful about that. If you haven't got a shredder at home, you've got to think about where am I going to keep these client files in hard copy until I get to a shredder or I get back into my office to dispose of them safely. So there's a challenge there as well. It's also simply efficiency. If you're taking a hard copy of a document, marking it up in pen and scanning it back into a colleague who's also working remotely, there's quite a few steps there that don't really have to happen. So marking up digitally, I think, is, is really important right now. And in some cases, that's just using track changes in Word, which everybody pretty much has, and being familiar with how that works. Uh, some teams will have also comparison tools, things like uh, Compare Docs, for example, or Delta View. These kind of red line comparison tools are also widely available. And I think that's a tool that uh, a lot of fianers probably do use, but will now rely on quite heavily. Um, and I think just generally getting the hang of digital markup is, is really important. And hopefully uh, people have been getting properly trained in that until now. But um, if, if now is the time. If you're not really competent in how to use track changes in Word or a similar tool, now is a really good time to get that additional training from your IT team or even self-teach if you can to understand how that works. Yeah. That's great. Thank you. Um, what, what are your thoughts on law firms embracing cloud technology? Well, I think the firms who've been doing that up till today are currently benefiting hugely from that choice. I appreciate that not an awful lot of law firms are really in the cloud yet. Uh, Bernas Paul have adopted a cloud-first approach for several years now. So slowly but surely, everything that can be in the cloud securely is in the cloud. Uh, for example, our DMS is iManageWorks. So we're on the cloud version of iManage. And to my knowledge, there's very, very few law firms, especially in Scotland, who do that. Uh, they're still mostly using on-premises servers for their document storage. Um, and that's fine most of the time. And it's also fine if you've got, say, three or four offices and one of them is inaccessible. Uh, you may have a fallover in a different office, a backup system. But what do you do if all your offices are inaccessible at the same time, which is kind of what's happening now? Yeah. Um, then it's, it's very difficult to run on-premises document storage or on-premises systems when you can't get into any of your premises. Uh, so that's one of the big selling points of cloud is being shown to be true today, uh, which is that flexibility. Um, it's not foolproof, of course, because many cloud services, uh, especially kind of public-facing ones in the last couple of weeks, have been struggling with capacity. Uh, so, for example, Netflix turning off HD in their European streaming was a thing that I would never have thought was going to happen. They have infinite amount of space in the cloud, isn't there? They just keep adding servers, but it turns out, no, there are limits. Um, but the firms who have moved to mostly cloud-based systems will be finding it far, far easier right now to be working remotely. And that might be through things like Office 365, or it might be through things like having your digital storage, your DMS on the cloud. Uh, possibly your time recording systems could be on the cloud as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe ours, ours are, we use Intap and we use a cloud-based system for that. So it, it largely doesn't matter 
where you are, you're still able to access core systems, and that's the big, big uh, benefit of cloud. Uh, next best thing, if, if firms are using on-premises with VPNs, that can still be very productive. Um, I'm sure people are, are now much more familiar with things like Citrix this week than they were last week. Um, so that's definitely a way of doing it. For me, it's better to not have that gateway if you don't need it, um, but I appreciate many firms still do. Um, but ultimately, I think when this is all done and dusted, a lot of firms will will view the cloud in a different way than they did beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. All thinking is going to be reshaped. Um, and you, Sam, are one of the tutors at Glasgow University Law School. Yep, so, alongside your good self. Yes. Um, and uh, we've been using uh, it's a, a video conferencing to teach um, the students this year in the diploma. Um, what's your thoughts in relation to, to the transition that we're seeing universities make into the online world? Yeah, I think it's it's better late than never for many universities. Don't get me wrong, some universities have been doing this for a while. Uh, for example, Stanford in, in the US have been quite famously using e-lecturing for quite a long time, and there are many other examples as well. Uh, at Glasgow University, where, where you and I both teach, uh, our course on the diploma is the only course that's taught uh, remotely. Um, and I think we were very much the test subject for that, which did us just fine, as that's pretty much what we do for a living. We are test subjects for technology. Um, and I think our students have, have largely really enjoyed that. Um, maybe weren't so chuffed this week when they were the only class that had to go to class because <laughs> they were still on, everybody else was off. Um, but I think the university have, well, I know they have now taken our experiences and they've rolled that out much more broadly to the, the broader campus. And I think we will see a lot more e-lecturing given as, a, as an option. Yeah. And that's good, I think, even in times where it's not an emergency. I think it's really important for accessibility reasons to be able to give students different ways of, of getting that knowledge uh, than coming into a traditional hall. Um, and many campuses, especially older, uh, older universities, they may struggle with access requirements to get actually into a building um, yeah. to be able to attend lectures. So I've always been a fan of e-lecturing, and I'm really glad to see that the work that, that you and I and the other teachers have put in at that at the diploma has has paid off and that class has been able to go ahead. Yeah. And I think it's been fascinating um, where students who obviously use technology and for something such as say FaceTime or whatever, but very often they haven't used it to actually try to work on a project or certainly to work collaboratively with others. And it's it's brilliant to see that once we've actually moved into using the technology quite quickly. They just realize it works, they relax in using it and then become exceptionally productive. Um, and the novelty goes. Yeah, I think that's true. And I saw a funny tweet about this the other day and it was just someone on my timeline retweeting um, one of their kids who was talking about their first time doing a, a virtual classroom. And the tweet was something like, it's just like Fortnite without the guns. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's actually quite interesting that uh, the, the current generation of students, uh, by and large, and of course you, you do get exceptions, but by and large may have grown up with things like online gaming uh, as being yep. more prevalent than it was even when I was, when I was a student. Um, so they kind of, they're, they're used to putting on a headset and they're used to speaking and collaborating online. They're maybe not so used to having virtual whiteboards and that sort of thing, but yep. they are used to the idea of of having an online group or an online party. And it's just, it's, I think it does help them 
when it's being used in a work context or an education context, they are yeah. kind of more natural. They kind of they troubleshoot their own problems more easily, uh, and they can relate to to the different systems. So if you give um, if you give a typical law student today access to say say Zoom or WebEx or whatever, um, they could, they could have not used that particular platform before, but they will figure it out extremely quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, and I, we've seen that ourselves in the class where uh, our very first lecture of the year this year, um, we always have a slight kind of holding your breath moment when you see how many of the, uh, the students are going to make it in and every single one of them, every single one of them came in and all seemed to be, be perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a really half, well, mixture of relieved and impressed that people are taking this to this so naturally. Yeah. So there's no doubt it's going to become ingrained in everything we do going forward, irrespective of when things actually calm down, this will become something that is just the new way of doing things. I think absolutely. There's there's a very sort of telling movement here of just how many things you previously might have thought you can't do remotely. In fact, you can. You just have to be willing to try things and be willing to adapt your mindset and your way of working. Um, and the kind of classic of you know, that meeting could have been an email. We're finding out now that a lot of those meetings could have been emails. <laughs> they, could have been, uh, they could have been virtual emails. Um, yeah. And I think productivity in many teams will actually be going up. And right now, at first, as folk get used to it and get accustomed to it, um, there can be a dip while you're kind of spending that extra time figuring out how things work. But once you get into the flow of it, I think many people will be discovering that they're actually more productive if they're working remotely. Um, and I think people will not want to give that up easily when the current situation passes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Listen, Sam, thank you so much. I'm conscious of the passing of time and that you're exceptionally busy right now. So I have no doubt whatsoever that our listeners will have benefited from hearing your thoughts in relation to steps that can be taken and hopefully something we can continue to discuss going forward as the situation develops. But Sam, um, thank you very much. You're most welcome, Ali. Thanks for talking. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to this Hey Legal podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear the full CPD qualifying content, please visit heylegal.co.uk to subscribe and join our community. Or you could ask your law firm to contact us for a firm-wide subscription. Learn more, be more with Hey Legal.